0: hallelujah good to have you back again welcome for another podcast i remain amyemostukura today we are looking at marriage divorce and remarriage we're going to be looking at who is right jesus or paul today we are going to look at some scriptures and um Explain some controversies surrounding divorce, remarriage, and what Paul said and what Jesus said, are the um discrepancies here and there. Just want to tidy it up to to know what God's mind is concerning us as His children. We really do need to study don't just read study to study you will have to think you have to meditate and ponder you can read without thinking you can read another man's thoughts but to study you have to think second timothy 2:15 says study to show thyself approved unto god a workman that needed not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth Kenneth Hagin of Blessed Memory used to tell his congregation, Don't accept something just because I said it or someone else said it. Study the word of God for yourself and see if that is what the word of God actually says. The Holy Spirit is constantly trying to tell us things, but our head is dominating us instead of our spirit, so we don't listen. We must learn to listen to the Holy Spirit, faith people. We really need to listen to the Holy Spirit. If we listen to the Holy Spirit, we won't be confused. On the subject of marriage, divorce, and remarriage in the Bible, we have the Paul's fashion and the Jesus' fashion. Which are we to take and are they contradicting? When I started this podcast, I made a striking statement that we need to study and not just to read. On the subject of marriage, divorce, and remarriage, God opened it all to me in 2004 because of a case that was on ground and I had to apply my heart to search the word of God and gather materials on the matter. One of the books that God used to shine more light to what the Holy Spirit was telling me was a book written by Kenneth E. Marriage, Divorce, and Remarriage. That was the title of the book. I recommend that... Every pastor, marriage counselor, or any Christian who wants to know what God is saying about divorce, remarriage, and marriage, I recommend that book to anyone, you know, that is in search for answers. The problem with many Christians is that they don't do much thinking or study for themselves. They are just follow-follow. When it comes to matters, the Bible is my go-to research book is my first reference material and thoughts i'm not easily swayed by ways of doctrines whether this is what the church is doing this is the doctrine of the church what is the word of god saying the holy spirit will teach us all things if only we will listen to him at all times he is ever speaking we need to rightly divide the word of truth according to 2nd timothy 2 15b otherwise will wrongly divide it if we are not rightly dividing the word of truth then we are wrongly dividing it so you can make the bible say whatever you want it to say by just sticking a scripture out of context and dwell on it but to get the message of what scripture of what that scripture is saying you must study the whole section or entire section of the scripture god does not approve a man who doesn't study Such a ministry is not approved either. Praise the Lord. So when we did literature, I can remember when we did literature in school, they used to give us quotes from books and ask the following questions. Who said it? To whom was it said? In what context or under what circumstances was the statement made? Now, when we read the Bible, we must apply those questions. Otherwise, we will misinterpret the scripture. Why do men shave their beds or even make baldness upon their head? Was that not a taboo? Now, if you look at Leviticus 19.27 or Leviticus 21.5, the Bible stated that that men should not shave or make baldness. But today, are men doing that? Are men shaving? Are they making baldness of their head? Why do farmers plant different plants like cassava and ugu on the same farmland today? What does Deuteronomy 22 9 say? Praise the Lord. I think if you look at Deuteronomy, I know if you look at Deuteronomy 22 9, it kicks against planting uh, mist crops on the same farmland. How come we wear clothes today with mist fabrics? the law. Then Deuteronomy 11 says, Thou shalt not wear a garment of divers sorts as of woolen and linen together. Deuteronomy 24.5 says, When a man hath taken a new wife, he shall not go out to war, neither shall he be charged with any business, but he shall be free at home one year, and shall chair his wife which he hath taken her. <laughs> Where is that done? I believe you will say that we are not on that, that law right praise the lord that's where i'm going to but is that same to turn into the two verse five of it that talks about a man or woman not putting on what pertains to the other yeah the same place but that one is still valid Abby. in fact we leave out the part that addresses a man putting on what belongs to a woman and dwell on that of the woman putting on all belongs to a man praise the Lord that is another kettle of tea for another discussion now let's go back or come back to the subject of marriage, divorce and remarriage just like those laws that we just looked at they are not binding on us anymore because they are the old they are under the mosaic, um, mosaic law you know And so, there are so many other laws that are not binding on us. Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians 10.32, Give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Now, to answer the questions to whom when reading the Bible, these are the three categories that the Bible was written to. The Jews first, the Gentiles, then the church. So when you are looking at the Bible, the mosaic law was given to the Jews. God gave the mosaic law of marriage and divorce originally to the Jews. Let us look at it. Deuteronomy 24, 1-2. It says, When a man had taken a wife and married her, and it come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes, because he had found some, Uncleanliness in her, then let him write her a bill of divorcement and give it in her hand and send her out of his house. And when she is departed out of his house, she may go and be another man's wife. That was the Mosaic law on marriage and divorce and conditions. Note that the law states that the man can send the woman away if she finds no favor in his eyes which can mean a wide range of reasons to not knowing how to cook. Maybe she's quarrelsome or whatever. But was that what God meant? This was what Jesus said to correct or to expatiate on that verse. In Matthew 19, Jesus threw more light on the issue of the mosaic stand on divorce when the Pharisees asked him about the law. Matthew 19, 1-12 And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished this saying, he departed from Galilee and came into the coast of Judah beyond Jordan. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Look at that word every cause that is for any flimsy reason. Note the word, that the Pharisees came to tempt Jesus. They knew the answer to their question, but wanted to put Jesus on the tight spot, just as the word tries to put us on the tight spot always. But Jesus is the word personified. Let's read on. And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twine shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more twine but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. But know that God is talking about the union of two believers here. God can only join together a marriage between two believers. A Christian marrying an unbeliever. As devil as his father-in-law so jesus gave them the picture of what his father had in mind about marriage ab initio god made them one not two they say unto him why did moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away he said unto them moses because of the hardness of your heart suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. <laughs> Adam should have divorced Eve after that sad incident at the garden, right? Jesus said because of the hardness of the heart of man, divorce was made an option. Is it not hardness of heart seriously that makes a spouse subject his or partner to domestic violence and in extreme cases, outright murder? And I say unto you, we are reading on, verse 9, Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another committed adultery, and whoso married her which is put away, doth commit adultery. Now, what is Jesus saying? Bringing clarity to Deuteronomy 21.1, 24 verse 1, Jesus narrowed the grounds for divorce to adultery. But do not forget that this is the mosaic law to the Jews. We are still talking about, right? The mosaic law to the Jews. The fact that it was discussed in the New Testament didn't make it a New Testament law. We are not bound by the law of Moses. Please note that. This was not said by Jesus to born-again believers because such should not be seen among us. No born-again believer should go into adultery or fornication. I believe that is clear. In verse 10, his disciples said unto him, If the case of the man be so with his wife, it is not good to marry. But he said unto them, All men cannot receive the saying, Save they to whom it is given. For there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb and there are some eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men. And there be eunuchs which have been made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He that is able to receive it, let him receive it. On this premise today, we have celibates. People that refuse to marry because they were born eunuchs. And those that refused to marry because they wanted to, to be sold out to the kingdom of God. And to these people, it's not a sin, it's not a sin not to marry if you are wired so it means they are not married. This is not the explanation for homosexualism or lesbianism. Okay, it doesn't mean that they are lesbians or homosexuals, it just means that they are wired eunuchs. Now, Paul added to what Jesus said in First Corinthians 7:15 to 16. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God hath called us to peace. For what thou, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband or not how should i knowest that old man whether thou shalt save thy wife now 1st Corinthians seven fifteen to 16 is talking about missed marriage this should not throw us off balance at all in matthew 19 jesus was specifically answering a question about one of the mosaic laws but here we see paul answering the question what would love do in a situation like this seeing that we are Under grace, we are under grace, under love, and not law. Know that this message was to those that are unequally yoked. Because today, people just bring all the scriptures together and just nail it together and call it the same thing, they are not the same. What Paul said in First Corinthians 5 15 to 16 is to those that are unequally you Paul encourage married couples to stay together that the saved one can get the other saved by their conduct but if the unbelieving leaves the marriage the believing can go on with his her life <clears throat> so when does the unbelieving leave that's the question okay let me paint some scenarios for us a couple married as believers and years into the marriage one of them drifted from the faith and became unfaithful to the vows that bind the union. That party has become an unbeliever. And Paul says the other party is no longer bound if that unbeliever lives. When a man that was meant to be the savior of the body became the destroyer, that man has left since his heart is no longer in the marriage, and as such, issues like domestic violence creeping. So You may ask, how do I know this? Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, the Holy Spirit is always talking. I'm only yielding my ears to him to talk to while I type down, you know, or what he, he tells me. The only people that can fulfill God's ideal for marriage are two born-again believers who stayed born again, not who stayed born again. But once one of the party lights, the party's, Become unequally yoked. Let us call it speed. The speed. a man that beats his wife is a backslider. He may be a pastor, may be a bishop, a priest is an unbeliever, an infidel, like the Bible calls it. Okay. A woman that brings a man to to a matrimonial bed is an unbeliever, regardless of the position she holds in the church. Even if she's giving excuses, oh my husband is never around. That is not an excuse she's an unbeliever now in conclusion in the book of Romans 7 1 to 6 Paul has this to say know ye not brethren for I speak to them that know the law how that the law had dominion over a man as long as he live Paul is talking to those who know the law of Moses for the woman which at an husband is bound by the law of Moses to her husband so long as he liveth, but if the husband be dead, she's loosed from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress, but if her husband be dead, she's free from that law, so that she's no adulteress. Though should be married to another man wherefore my brethren ye also have become dead to law praise the lord now this place is saying therefore, the the new covenant believers you are dead to the law of moses by the body of christ that you should be married to another even to him who is raised from the dead that we should bring forth truth unto god For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins which were by the flesh did work in our bodies to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law that being dead wherein we were held that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Which suffering has come to many praise the lord so now we can see this scripture was talking about the the law you know people under law and later came to us that are not under the law of moses much suffering has come to many believers because they are uniformed a lot of people are suffering because of ignorance they fail to study to know their rights and privileges in christ jesus god only governs the marriages of his people not this God only governs the marriages of his people. Save men and women are not under the law of Moses. The church is not under the Mosaic law either. We are born again into the law of love, the new covenant. A man that is born again is the only man that can that is capable of loving a man that is not a man is not capable of loving another if he does not have Jesus Christ. Let me say it again, a man is not capable of loving another if he does not have Jesus, who is love in his life. Let's look at Romans 5.5. Simply put it thus, you cannot give what you do not have. Since 72 AD, there has not been a high priest, an altar or atonement sacrifice for the Jews. Just as the Gentiles, the Jews must get born again to assess the new covenant provision made by Jesus. The Mosaic law was enforced until the death of Jesus came to fulfill the law. Jesus ended the reign of the Mosaic law, even though many Jews still practice the Mosaic law because they do not recognize Jesus as the Messiah. So if the Mosaic law has been overthrown, what then governs mankind? mankind can be divided into this category unsaved the unsaved in the world are under the civil government they are under the laws you know of their land they are governed by the laws of the land they are not subject to the law of god i cannot be subject to the law of god because they are by nature enemies to god you can see that in romans 8 7 to 9 now we have the missed marriage Those are unequally yoked. Those are unequally yoked. The Bible says we should not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Those ones, from the scripture, it is clear that the law of God cannot govern such a home because God is against unequal yoking. So, like I said before, God only unites, God only uh, brings together two Christians, two born-again Christians, is present in the marriage of the saved, not just the church members, the saved. Praise the Lord. And what governs us as Christians, what governs us as born-again Christians today is the law of love. Yes, the law of love. Romans 13, 10 says, Love walketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. If we said Jesus came to fulfill the law, the law of Moses, and the Bible is telling us here that love is that fulfillment of the law. Hebrews 10, says, This is the covenant I will make with them after those days, said the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. John 13, 34-35 says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have loved one another. So the believer is governed by the new covenant, the covenant of love. Love will not entreat a partner in marriage. Praise the Lord. May the law of love govern our actions in the name of jesus in conclusion i leave us with first corinthians 13 1 to 13 i know we know that scripture but i want us to please take our time to read it it tells us what the law of love entails but just taking a peek at verse 4 to 7 says charity suffereth that love suffereth long love is kind love envieth not love fought not itself Love is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not his own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, love beareth all things, believeth all things, love opeth all things, love endureth all things. Praise the Lord. We are governed by the law of love. God is love. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. So in marriage, love should be the the governing factor. So we look at first Corinthians 13, 1 to 13 and see the characteristics of love. May the love of God Continue to govern our actions in our marriages in the name of Jesus. If you are listening to this podcast and you have not given your life to Jesus, and maybe you are married or you are not even married, and you have decided that you want God to govern your marriage, govern your life. I want to say this prayer after me: say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your word to me today. I come before you and I ask for mercy. Forgive me all my sins. From today I choose to live for you. No going back. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord, be my Savior. In Jesus name. Amen. Congratulations. You just made the best decision. You know, for your life. Keep loving Jesus. Keep looking into the word of God. God is always speaking. Give ears to his words. And the Lord bless us. Bless our marriages in the name of Jesus. And if you are divorced already, know that there is life after divorce. Don't stay where you are. Wake up. Listen to what God is saying. Follow God's directions. And if God is saying remarry, don't hesitate to do that. And the Lord give you peace in Jesus' name. God bless you all. Please listen to this podcast over and over until you understand and get all the information you need to and pass it to somebody else. I love you. See you next time. Bye-bye.